You know, Joseph, there are a lot of paranoid people in town ever since Martin's death was disclosed as a murder. I have had to prescribe a lot of sedatives to many of them, and you may have noticed a few more fights from drinking. I had been expecting some kind of reaction by the city, but not enough to cause hysteria. I had to break up a fight between a husband and a wife where the wife was threatening her husband for not believing her when she said she saw a ghost. What kind of ghost? Demons? Devils? Negative energies? Mostly just sighting at night, like at the end of the bed or someone standing in the doorway. The bartender downtown called her ghost Herman, and he just made noises. I think it is just overactive imaginations and the power of suggestion. What do you think, doctor? I have heard a lot of things lately, most of them from Samantha. If it is affecting others in town, maybe I can say something and try to explain. The mind can lead to self-suggestions, and they are convincing themselves they are seeing something that are not there. Like I tried to explain to the bartender, a raccoon in the chimney can be very quiet until it gets stuck, and then sounds like a little child in the walls. Have you ever heard a bobcat fighting at night? You would swear it was the ghost of a child fighting with the devil. No, that is one I haven't heard, thank goodness. I will have a talk with my patients, and you just keep giving your explanations. I am sure the mass delusions will go away. Over the next week, I kept track of all the strange activities people were reporting. Some I thought were quite amusing, like a tree crying on Angel Hill for the lost boy. The Chilihoos Pass was a shortcut the kids took up the hill behind the school, and the story was started by one of the children about the tree crying. Actually, it was an ash-leaf maple, and they drip sap all summer, especially when it's hot. The box elder bugs would swarm all over the sap and drive the kids crazy when they tried to climb up into it. Patrons of the cave saloon said there were ghosts in the back cave. According to Joseph Schottmuller, one of the brothers who owned the saloon and does the distilling of the beer, said that the sounds came from the distilling pot when it was heating up and cooling down, not an apparition. People were reporting voices coming out of the ground in the holes, which were probably the wind blowing through them. Even I heard these sounds before, and they were no ghosts. The most serious incident was a man by the name of Andrew Mike Salisbury, who was taking care of the horses at the new stables at the north end of town. He was kicked in the face by a horse and was seriously injured. He had worked with horses for the last two years, since he came from some logging camp where he had experience with draft horses and was pretty good with them. Since Martin's death, he said the horses have been acting up and causing him all types of problems, like they were spooked or something. This time he ended up in the hospital back in Stillwater. Dr. Fultz could only stabilize him and put him on the next boat to the hospital, where he is still recovering. He will probably lose the sight in his left eye and never be able to hear out of that ear. His mind was not quite right after the injury, and Dr. Fultz said he might remain a simpleton the rest of his life. Mrs. Crawford, the schoolteacher, said she wasn't going to go back into the top-floor apartment above the cave saloon because she kept seeing ghosts. The first night she moved back into her apartment, she started hearing things, like an animal was breaking in just under the roof line. When she screamed, thinking it was the ghost she kept seeing, the noise stopped. I checked out along the back hill just behind the saloon, but found nothing. 
Since it had rained during the night, it washed away any signs of an animal. Frank said the new boards were probably expanding and swelling with the rain, and the house was settling a bit. Now, just yesterday, she came over to my office to talk. Joe, you and Frank said I didn't have anything to worry about, but last night I went over to the school and stayed there all night. I became wide awake after something touched the top of my quilt in the apartment and thought my hand just fell, or in my sleep tried to brush away a bug. That apartment lets in more bugs than an open window. Then I felt it again, and I knew something was there. I instantly came wide awake, was so frightened I couldn't move. At the foot of my bed was a young boy poking at me, pointing up at the roof, and wouldn't stop.